inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction on Gregory Drive, South Burlington. Polly Construction, one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road, your everything store. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, house plants, potting supplies, and so much more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Check for locations, hours, and, of course, their great specials. Find out online at sticksandstuff.com. By P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, featuring family-milled lumber for all your projects. Check out P&R Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. They're online, guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. Dandelion Acres bringing you the In the Garden podcast. Our telephone number is... 244-1777. Call in with your garden questions and comments for Peter Burke. 802-244-1777. And here's Peter. Seven, seven. Hey. Boy, the crowd is just wild today. Yes, yes. Inch by inch, row by row. <laughs> so uh, I was listening to the um, the bird Voice yep. talking, uh, reminded of a whale watch, and it was out about well about the same. It was a couple hours out, and and uh, we saw and in the uh, tour guide, you know, you could tell it must have been really special because they were just giddy. We were we got a close up where the the large blue whales came up, and they were feeding right at the surface. Wow. And uh, these are whales, you know, they're the size of a school bus. They were huge, and they were just gliding across by, you know, the right by the boat. And uh, then, you know, another bunch came up. And, of course, they were doing the spouting, and that's my wife was sort of expecting, you know, yeah, you look off and and you can see them, you know, spout. And, and that's about it. That's a whale watch. But... This was pretty fantastic. We really lucked out. They didn't uh, swallow any surfers or anything out there? Uh, nope, nope. Uh, there was a shortage of surfers out there. 
<laughs> probably because of the whales. <laughs> it was quite a few miles out. Uh, there wasn't much in the way of whale, uh, whale, uh, I mean waves for, mm-hmm. to surf on. But anyway, it just reminded me of that uh, spectacular because you were talking about how incredible it was to see 600 of the white-faced birds there that you were talking about. I never, I never, I've never done anything like that. No, it ran out of Boston oh, and actually Maine too, I guess. Uh, Maine has some real good uh, whale watch. You, you know, you do spend a lot of time sitting around getting there. Now, I, now, the closest I came was at the Bronx Zoo when I was a kid. <laughs> they, had a, they had a tank full of uh, electric eels, as they described them. <laughs> and then they had a whole row of light bulbs all around oh. <laughs> the window, you know, the glass window yeah, that yeah. you looked into. Uh-huh. And those light bulbs would flicker on and off. And they were saying that it was the electricity from the eels that made mm-hmm. the lights flicker. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no idea yeah. as an adult now whether that was true or not. But yeah. as a kid, I was fascinated. Yeah. Well, my son was telling me, uh, you know, he was looking at the, um, the, uh, the, you know, the with the, the wings, you know, those big, big uh, fish, there. yeah, and they develop up to fifty volts wow. of electricity. I was like, well, where the heck do they get that from? The stingray, you know, if you've wow. seen them, they have those wings that are out about. Oh, sometimes it's like three or four feet, you know, on either side. But anyway, they wrap those wings around their prey and then, you know, shock them with 50 volts. Ay, ay, ay. You know, a battery that starts a car is only 12 Twelve, volts. Right, right. <laughs> or, know? or six in my Studebaker. That's true, true. Well, yeah. That way, yeah, it used to be you had a six, six volt, volt and a 12 volt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm yeah. thinking that maybe I could buy a big kitty, instead of buying those expensive solar panels, uh-huh. maybe I can buy a kiddie pool and get myself mm-hmm. one of those big stingrays. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, you hook, probably hook could hook up some jumper cables yeah. and, uh, yeah. and power my house. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> always thinking. <laughs> Nothing ever worthwhile, but I'm always thinking. Anyway, Let's gardening. See, there must be. <laughs> oh yeah, right. We two, are two four four one seven seven seven. If anybody wants to steer, yeah, us if you have questions on topic. <laughs> and uh, I, I never did hear from Joel. Did you have to talk to? Is this our our second to last? Um, but, I didn't really get to, but I uh, checked the. I, well, I, I know we have, we, we have clear sailing in terms of Red Sox for about okay. five weeks. Yeah. Okay. If, if were we to go that long. So we're okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I think in about three or four weeks, there's one game that starts at noon. But mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, yeah. we're pretty clear sailing All until right, that good. time. Good. Well, um, I still, it probably is, uh, time to sort of go over, um, end of the, end of the season, end of the garden season, uh, routines that we, that we should be thinking about at this point, preparing for. And, you know, the, um, uh, the thing that you want to do, of course, is clean up the garden. And actually, there's very good reasons that you want to clean up the garden. And those are, of course, uh, and I've mentioned this comes up uh, when people talk about their the squash bugs or any of the the you know the pests that we have in the garden. A lot of them are harbored in the ground in some of the um, you know leftover sort of weeds and and roots and all this other stuff. So you know at this point. Um, 
you can be pretty pretty sure you're not going to get too much more um, from from most of your plants. But what you want to make sure is that you pull up all all of the plants that are around the garden, in the garden, in the beds, certainly um, in the pathways, all of those things, and get them either into the compost pile or over a bank or something. Some way or another, you want to you want to. Uh, uh, get them out of the garden soil. And as you're doing that, of course, uh, a good raking, you know, even um, I wouldn't say it, you need, really need to bother uh, turning the soil or anything like that. Uh, it, usually if it's nice and loose and friable, just a good raking along the surface will take care of any of those um uh, any of the bugs that, uh, you know, their, their eggs or, you know, larvae or whatever are, are, uh, are harbored in there. So when you, you rake that all up and, um, you can, you can add some things, a good time maybe to add, to check for lime if you need lime or if you know that you almost always need lime, go ahead and lime it now. And, uh, then I like to take uh, something like straw or leaves, something that doesn't have any weed seeds in it, uh, naturally, and just, uh, pile on a good, uh, four, five, six inch layer. And, um, of course, by this time, you should have your, your garden map out and mark where you planted where you're going to plant your garlic so so that bed you want to leave open so that when you know time comes you can plant that uh, in October November but um all the rest of the beds that uh, you can quote unquote put to bed and uh uh rake up uh, uh and then uh, mulch them real good and that's pretty much all you have to do to put the garden to bed. Now, of course, this is a good time to repair any boxes that need to be done. Um, if you if you take your trellises down, which I don't actually do in the winter, um, but anyway, if you take them down, that'd be a good time to take them down. Repair those boxes that need. Uh, and then I always like to not only mulch the beds, but I like to look and see if. The pathways need any extra uh, bark on them because uh, the pathways is an integral part to um, to keeping the beds healthy is 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 keeping all the weed seeds and all all of the weeds out of the pathways so that you know you're not introducing you know weeds into your beds. Now the other thing to look at is actually the area around the garden you know i have one part of my garden that's a that's was on the uh in the lawn basically there's lawn all the way around it and we had a, a two foot path between the lawn and the garden beds just to keep out the the grasses out of the bed and whatever else that creeps in you know it creeps in along the over over the landscape cloth and under the the bark and of course it's very easy to pull up and shake off and and um, you know compost uh, but what I what I'm getting at is that the area beyond that is if you don't mow it then it's a good time to mow it because there's just a tremendous amount of seeds that are going to be released here real soon you know 
Uh, of course, the dandelions have already been released, but, uh, you know, things like the milkweed and the popple and there's just so many, so many weed seeds out there that, uh, and even from the garden, you've got uh, your dill seeds and if any of your, you know, uh, uh, mustards have gone to seed, you know, these are all, in a sense, they're, they're weeds when they're plants out of place. Yeah, sure, we all love dill, but if it's in the bed with your lettuces, you really, you really don't want it there. So anyway, go out around the garden and look to see what might be producing seeds that would, um, eventually, um, you know, be drifting into the garden and, and, uh, be future weeds in your garden. And of course there's a lot of grass seed, of course. Now the, the grass is starting to dry out and die back. The, the seed and the grass are going to be distributed both by the wind and by the birds. And, um, so you, so it's a good thing to go ahead and, and, uh, uh, clear out around the outside perimeter of, of your, uh, your garden. And, and also it's time to look and see, um, what kind of wild uh, um, vegetables and fruits that are outside of your your garden area that might actually be uh, harbor uh, diseases and bugs that would come into your garden? Uh, for instance, uh, if you if you know up along, uh, on my hill, I have um, uh, quite a few uh, wild blackberries. And so what we do is every fall we, we have a, a neighbor come in and, and, uh, uh, brush hog that hill. And for one, of course, just to keep the, the ragweed and the goldenrod down, uh, just because the pollen is so prolific right now. And then at the same time, he's, he's, uh, mowing down the, the, um, the blackberry, blackberry bushes. <laughs> so, you know, those, uh, you know, certain things are harbored in, we talked about the different kinds of bugs that bother your, your domestic blackberries. And a lot of us have actually just sort of encouraged a, a, a wild blackberry into a domestic blackberry. But anyway, those wild blackberries can harbor a lot of these diseases. So by cutting them down around the garden is sort of like taking an extra step that really is well worth it. And, you know, particularly if, um, for instance, you're, um, you have uh, some apple trees that you like, right? And if you go out and look around uh, your yard and see if there are old apple trees there, um, you see many of them actually have diseased fruits, um, you know, because uh, uh, they have old scab and, you know, different kinds of uh, 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 boring insects, you know, so the, they live in those things. So if you have the time and inclination, it will help you in the long run to go out and, and, uh, either pick up those drops and move them up into the woods for the deer or to rake up around, um, or, you know, even consider, uh, cutting them down, uh, because, uh, again, they they harbor and become problems for the future of your fruit orchard. Now, the way I do my fruit trees is uh, I put a single fruit tree, and these are all dwarf trees on the on the north side of each one of uh, on you know several. I've got six, um, 
on the north side of a bed, and then I use a trellis to actually um, uh, tie them up. I think they call it, well, it's it's a trained, and it's called the spellier, but it's not a, a, you know, it's a little bit different than the typical. But anyway, uh, that that keeps them uh, well-trained and well-pruned and right there in the garden so I can watch them and see for any diseases or anything like that and make it easier to spray when I need to spray. And and uh, But, uh, you know, you figure... It's not really so much uh, uh, what's in the garden on those apple trees and pear trees. It's what's outside, you know, that's coming in. So the more you can do to sort of uh, increase that perimeter of uh, disease-free trees and disease and and uh, you know uh, seed-bearing uh, wild uh, uh, you know grasses and flowers and all that other stuff that that grows out there. To keep that down before they start to distribute their seeds into your garden. So those are some key things that you want to do um, now or, or over the next few weeks as you close down and put your garden to bed. And if you have any questions about um, about doing that, uh, give us a call two four four one seven seven seven. Of course, you got to dial eight zero two first nowadays. But um, it's one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five, and is it time for a break? It is okay. All right, so we'll come back to a few more things you can do for the end of the season, and uh, let's go from there. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. You better watch out for the Atlanta in Chicago. That's more like the uh, zucchini that would do that here <laughs> in Vermont. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think we have a caller on the oh, line man. here, so right, let us. Uh, whoop! Well, there we go. <laughs> From uh, Chicago, we, we can't. Well, I don't know. The eggplant is definitely. From Chicago. Reminds me of WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> when the weatherman, when the, when the news member, Les, uh, Les Nessman, yeah. went on the air with a bulletin that a, a giant lizard was heading toward Cincinnati. <laughs> that, that was the bulletin. And, of course, Dr. Johnny Fever leaned over and said, the bee is out on the printer. It's not a giant <laughs> lizard. <laughs> but we do have a caller on the line. Your first name in town? Mitch. From Pittsfield, you're on the air. Hey, Mitch, what's going oh, right, on in Pittsfield. your garden? Oh, we got some of those finger-sized uh, tomato hornworms. Oh, uh, no kidding! Up to, 20, <laughs> up to twenty-two of them. Oh my oh, god! I, didn't, I don't know much about them, but I'm just wondering how how the heck they found this garden um, in the last what uh, two years now? Yeah, yeah. Never before that. It's just amazing. Uh, 
can they smell them? They go in cycles. They go in cycles. So you'll have uh, you'll have a couple of years that they won't be there, and then you know, at least from my experience. And uh, who was it? Uh, Sandal, um, a lady from East Montpelier, was. Uh, uh, telling us about getting a um, uh, an, uh, black light flashlight. Uh, did you hear talk about no. that at all? I did not. No. Okay, so you take a, bl- a black light flashlight and you go out uh, just after dusk and uh, the black light uh-huh. lights them up and you can see every single one and so you uh, you might want to try that uh, otherwise they're big enough that you can pretty much see and uh, um i can't show you uh but if you go online you can check to see what the moth looks like of um of uh, the tomato hornworm then uh and so you could check for that theoretically next year of course they probably all all uh have uh, you know come out of the chrysalis and they're all big old caterpillars. But the the thing you might want to watch for, and and the tomato hornworm is a is a fascinating creature. Not only is it is ugly and and uh, you know in a way beautiful in its own own right, but um, there is a uh, a wasp that lays eggs and and uh, uses it as a uh, as a host. So if you see a tomato hornworm with uh, these white little eggs going along its back, don't kill him. Let him live because he's 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 going to die soon anyway, and he will be um, uh, you'll be supporting the the next round of predators for those. And and this is sort of the cycle as it goes. You know, the hornworms come in, the wasps find them, they lay their eggs. So there's there's uh, fewer hornworms and more of the wasps, and as the as the fewer uh, hornworms uh, over the next few seasons, uh, then there's fewer wasps, and then uh, you know you go back to the cycle where there's more hornworms. But for the most part, and this goes back to a thesis I you've heard me say probably a hundred times, but the most important tool in the garden is the gardener. And so you you do have to watch out for those tomato hornworms, especially because they can they can decimate a plant in in a few days. They they are absolutely voraciously hungry, and uh, uh, so you need do need to take a watch for them. But it's this is the season, you know, sometime between uh, August and the end of September, mostly uh, the end of uh, mid mid I should say mid to August to mid September. You'll see them start to come out, and that's when you really got to look for them for the most part. You don't see them early on the season. Um, you know that would be the time that you'd look for the moth. And then the other thing is you look for their eggs. If you have one, uh, you know that that's a, a good size and stuff. You you go around and look at the bottom of the leaves, and you'll see their their eggs are on the bottoms. And for the most part, they're either white or orange. But um, uh, so you just crush them with your thumb or whatever you want to do. You know you can. Um, uh, you know, take a knife and, and cut the leaf off and put that in soapy water. But those are the things that will reduce the population, um, uh, for next year. Uh, but yeah, to, the tomato hornworm is, is kind of a cyclical. It runs in cycles. And have you seen any on yours, Joel, this year? 
Well, I haven't had that many tomato plants, only oh, about a half dozen. <laughs> no, um, but uh, None yet. Boy, I tell you, the little green tomatoes that appeared were just immediately eaten by chipmunks. So. Oh, <laughs> well, the tomato hornworm is not particular, not particular to the fruit. They mostly just chow down on the on the leaves and the leaf stems. And that was one of the signs that you'll see is you look at your plant and you wonder, well, where did all the leaves go? <laughs> so, um, that again, of course, is, is a, a good reason to, um, uh, to, you know, to prune your, your tomato plants is if they don't have a, um, a lot of food to eat, they'll, they'll likely just go on to the next place, some other place, maybe your neighbor's yard or whatever. But you, you know, what's interesting is that n- neither, well, on, on one side, my neighbor has several tomato plants. Mm-hmm. I've had, um, maybe I have as, as many, a dozen or so. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think there are too many on my other neighbor and we're pretty far apart. Yeah. So I, you know, it's like they, didn't really think it was worth stopping this year. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I envision it because I, I usually had about 40 or 50 tomato plants. Yeah, yeah. And they would just come right in. And um, mm-hmm. I, I never saw the moths. I never really was watching, but I certainly noticed the worms. You when, certainly noticed when the worms. everything in the plant started to disappear. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick. Uh, Mitch, are you still with us? No, no I guess I not. He, okay, well, I hope that. Uh, that gave you some uh, some tools to work with. Uh, Twenty two so far. Now that's pretty good. That's and you know it's funny because uh, Sandal said she had a lot this year too. So it's um, in anyway it's cyclical and uh, you know if you if you prune them now you know by I don't know some people say they just love to drop them on the ground and step on them you know mm-hmm. sort of like a vindictive. <laughs> well, Mother Nature is amazing. You know, the one thing I have is not not a vegetable, but I have morning glories on my mm-hmm. mailbox, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they've been a, they've been a little anemic in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think it's from the salt from the roads. Mm, could and, be. Yeah. And uh, you know maybe I should just do a soil test there because I, I fertilize, but I don't really pay attention to what I'm putting on. Yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe. But at any rate. This year, my, my mailbox got clobbered by the, the by the snowplow this past winter, yeah. and so I dug up the thing, including a huge cement anchor that was there, yeah. and put in a new mail. I was just just so yeah. ticked off at the the way the old mailbox had been constructed. It invites the guy to come and whack it, you know. So I put a new mailbox in, and then just took dirt from here, there, and everywhere to yeah. fill in the big hole. Yeah. And the the heck with the, uh, the the morning glories this year. Would you believe that just uninvited and just the <laughs> seeds that happened to have been dropped from the previous year, the handful of plants that I had, mm-hmm. there are morning glories. Uh, isn't morning. that the way? You know, I, yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't have, I, I, if I had tried to kill them, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't have mistreated that area any bad, more badly than I did. And still they came up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you were grateful. Yeah, I was. And next year when I, you know, just mark my words, next spring when I try to prepare the soil and yeah, everything. Do and, all that, and yeah. plant seeds, get mm-hmm. actual plants from uh, from uh, our, our, our our sponsor out there yeah, yeah. in um, 
Colchester. In Colchester, Clausen's. They've got wonderful different colored uh, mm. uh, morning glories. I've put in plants and everything. Mm-hmm. Mark my words, I they probably wouldn't be as good as this year, you know. <laughs> For some reason, they know if I put my own efforts into it, yeah. that, uh, they, they tend to resist. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you've got to give yourself credit that you, you planted uh, uh, enough there that you actually had seeds in the soil. Yeah, right. So you did good, yeah. you know. You know, the thing is, is that... Uh, Mendel, the uh, yes, the, the uh, geneticist mm-hmm. in the earliest days of genetic science used morning glories mm-hmm. to show different combinations the, of hybrid plants. The white and the blue. That's and, right. Yeah. And I actually did that my uh-huh. first years with the morning glories, and I got exactly the, what what he uh, yeah. discovered and predicted yeah. in terms of the combination of colors. So, yeah. what color were the wild ones? Were they blue? They were blue. The yeah, blues okay. are dominant. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're going to be going through multiple yeah. generations, and uh, uh, they're all blue. Yeah, yeah. A very pretty blue, mind you. But <laughs> they're they're all. They're it's all blue. a it's a favorite of the uh, the Amish out in Pennsylvania, where uh, my dad had his farm and. And, you know, every time on the, the white, white, uh, porches that they had on every one of their houses, they were always all a sort of a baby blue color house paint. And then you had those deep blues of the morning glories. It's very pretty. Now there are white morning glories, but mm-hmm. there's also the most incredible plant. It's, mm-hmm. it's exactly like a morning glory in its appearance and the way it wraps itself around things mm-hmm. and climbs up. Mm-hmm. A moonflower. Oh. And it, and it's a morning glory. That doesn't appear in the morning, but as mm. soon as the dust comes around, that's when they open up. I yeah, can't, yeah. I mean, you, that's interesting. What, I think yeah, that that yeah. was one that uh, one of my sons, his girlfriend, was growing was yeah. moonflowers, and I remember it's like Mother seeing. Nature just you know had a little extra time on her hands and said, "What should I? Oh, let me <laughs> let me see if I can do this." You know, and designed a moonflower. Who would have thunk it? You know, like an evening morning glory, an evening glory. You know. isn't, isn't there a song? Oh, it's moon shadow. It's not moonflower. I'm dreaming of a moon. <laughs> Shadow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What, what's the one that's coming up now? What, what a night for a moon dance. That's oh, yeah. Right, October. right, right. Come October, we'll have our moon dance. The moon dance, yeah. Well, is, um, so, uh, in, in going back to, uh, getting ready for the end of the season, right? I want to remind people to make sure you have a map of your garden and make sure that it's current and that you've updated it. And the reason being is you want to make sure that you rotate certain of your plants, especially true and important with your um, your broccoli plants and all of your cabbage plants. And um, uh, let's see. So you want to make sure you've done that. Make sure that you do your notes for next year. I've got the, the marmalade. I'm going to grow those marmalade tomatoes that... That I liked so much. Those orange, mm. deep orange and sweet, very, very delicious. And, uh, one of my notes for next year was, uh, I want to get, uh, I want to start to use more containers, uh, for, cause I, you know, lost the, the garden down on the, uh, the bottom part of the, uh, the lawn, uh, during the fire. It got all covered with dirt and then my, my wife said, well, I think that garden up there is enough for you. I don't want to see the garden anymore. <laughs> you want flowers. So you're on the back in the back forty now. I'm right? in the back forty now, but that's all right. Uh, it's a new challenge, and I'm looking forward to it. So that's uh, that's one of my notes for ne- a couple of my notes for next year's. So make sure you keep up your notes for next year, and then make sure it's very important that you um, 
that you have your map. You know where your um, where your broccolis were and all your other tomato plants and those kind of things. And then the other thing, of course, you want to map um, out where you planted your garlic. We have a call. Yeah, let's do it. I didn't. Okay. Uh... Yeah, type it up. But we're just playing Russian roulette. <laughs> Your name in town, please. <laughs> Hi, this is Linda from Montpelier. Hey, Linda, how are you today? Good, thanks. What's going on in Montpelier? Um, I have a lot of liverwort in my garden. Okay, this is the second year I've had it, and it's really quite a pest. It takes up a lot of square footage, mm-hmm. and I'm told that vinegar and maybe. Epsom salt, but anyway, vinegar will get rid of it. But mm-hmm. won't that wreck the soil for next year? Oh, not really. I mean, just think uh, vinegar is, is in, in its essence, nothing more than apple juice, you know. So oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, yes, it is acidic, um, you know, and if you have acid soil, you might want to uh, make sure that you have a little lime in there later on after you get rid of it. But, you know... Um, uh, that uh, that's fine. I I wouldn't hesitate to to use that at all. So mix vinegar with water. Yeah, you mix mix vinegar with water, and some people actually have it hot water, and that oh. that uh, sometimes is actually uh, even as effective. And what you might want to do as well is just put a few drops of uh, just regular dish soap. You know, uh, yeah. in there as a, okay. as a, you know, that will, will, um, will help to spread it and, and make it, uh, more effective in. Or you could use an insect, uh, insecticidal soap that would work as, as well, uh, you know, coconut soap, in, in anything like that that's a surfactant okay. that would. Great. That would, uh, Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. And, and uh, spray it on or pour it on or? Well, um, you know, what I would do would be to actually, you know, cut it down as much as possible and make sure that you, you know, bag up those things so you're not spreading the seed. That again yeah. is, you know, that's where you're going to you know, get the reseed. And then go ahead and pour that just on the stump. Uh, and then I, I have to, liverwort, I have to remember is if it has liverwort a tuber. It's very close to the ground. Yeah. yeah, like less than an eighth of an inch tall. Uh-huh. And um, uh, it, what I'm wondering is, it does it have a tuber in it? So did you want? No, what they say is to skim off the soil. Yeah. The top layer, but maybe the first half inch or inch. Yeah. Yeah. And would I add Epsom salts to all that? Vinegar and water, or and, I, and I would soap? not. I would not use okay. uh, because um, it it uh, it more than likely would act as a fertilizer. But uh, you know that's oh, uh, right. So so I, I would I would ah. be a little bit little bit hesitant on that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. 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 Now it's uh, let's see if I can just quick see something. Uh, usually comes in, they say, uh, containers from nursery. Right. So you want to check your containers before you plant something <laughs> from the, the yeah. greenhouse or from the nursery. 
Right. Uh, Too late for me now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. notes for next year. Remember we yeah, were just yeah. talking about that. <laughs> notes for next year. Check. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, what right, will kill – wait, wait, I got one more thing here. What will kill – oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure you don't want to use any uh, – uh, let's see here. Something called SureGuard, you could uh, probably get at um, at Agway or Blue Seal Feeds. Um, you know, so sure you guard. could, yeah, and you know those kinds of things. You could you could look at them, but um, I kind of like the uh, the vinegar just simply because it's organic and you're not going to do anything to your soil that you don't like. Um, okay. And uh, if uh, so, where is it growing? Is it in the it's, in the garden bed or is this in your lawn yes. or the garden bed? In the garden bed, in between and among my uh-huh. vegetables. Oh, okay, and, yeah, 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 flowers. Yeah. yeah. So um, then, uh, rather than removing the soil, what I would do is just sort of rake it up and see if there was a tuber or sort of a large root mass. Because no, there. I've done that, and there is is no. Okay, so it's a little like uh, my creeping thyme. There's not much of a root mass, and once you pull it up, it's, it's gone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that that would work well. And then, of course, um, since it's near the end of the season, uh, when you pull up all your other things, which you, which you can do is just put like a, a sheet of black plastic over it and, uh-huh. or even a, a sheet of clear plastic would solarize it. More yeah. that heats up that top, uh, two or three inches so that, um, it really kills anything, you know, that's, that's in there, you know, both okay. the, the roots and the tubers and, and also the little buggies in there. And definitely don't add it to the compost pile. Yeah, yeah, that that okay. would that would be doing uh, that would be yeah. doing it a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Put me. Yeah, don't throw me in that briar patch. Is basically. All right. <laughs> okay, dear. Thank you so much. All right. Good, good okay. luck, and Linda. Thanks for the call. Thank and, you. Uh, okay. Uh, just a note to to um, all of the listeners is that our sponsors that. That we have, um, that the Joel lists down through. Uh, when you do go in, let them know that you appreciate the show. They, they sort of, they thrive on that kind of feedback. They want to know that people have heard about them from, from somewhere. And, uh, so if you're, you know, if you're in Agway or you're in Blue Seal, and, uh, I'll warn you because a lot of times the, the clerks at the desk will look at you sort of, you know, blank and say, what show? <laughs> <laughs> so I've tried to make it a, a habit of going in and saying, oh, by the way, did you know you sponsor the, uh, in the garden show? And, uh, you know, that, uh, it's, it's a, it's a help. Okay, and much appreciated. Okay. <laughs> Take care, Thank Linda. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when Linda first called, it was just uh, I think the wax in my ears. I thought she was had she had liver whooshed in her. <laughs> I said, oh, "Boy, now I'm going to intensify my gardening." <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> if you, know. you could grow liverwurst. Liverwurst, man. yeah. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, I love, I love liverwurst. Oh, I you grow, do? I grow mustard seeds so yeah. I could make my own mustard. I grow the horseradish, and the no horseradish kidding. comes back yeah. every year. Yeah. So I have the horseradish. Uh-huh. I, a couple of times I did a cover crop of rye, if I could figure out how to make rye bread. <laughs> Got the, I'd have the entire sandwich in my backyard yes, if I would. could grow liverwurst. If yeah. you could grow liverwurst. Well, yeah. you can, but it usually involves a pen and a pig, I That's think. right, yeah. <laughs> I'd be too kind to the pig, you know. I'd invite the pig to come in and eat with me. Yeah, that's house, right. You know? yeah. Well, you know, they say that pigs make very good uh, uh, pets. Yeah. Oh, they, well... <laughs> Yes, the, that is the shame of, hey, of, you know of the what? animals we eat. The pig is, as uh, you know, very, very intelligent, very and, intelligent, and yes. very, in, yeah. and very engaging as a mm-hmm. companion animal. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, yeah. you know, I yeah. kind of hate the way things are have evolved yeah. in this world where yeah. we have to eat each other in yeah. order yeah, to yeah. survive. Yeah, well, you know, dog eat dog world, yep. yeah. <laughs> man eat pig world, or whatever. Yeah, you I, know, I, I, I go on record as just not liking it. <laughs> Although it reminds me of the. Simpsons, you know, when he, when uh, Homer came up to Vermont, one yeah. of the, first of all, the first place he did was stop at a, they actually did a whole Vermont thing yeah. on Homer coming to Vermont for okay. a vacation. He stopped at a farm stand, bought a gallon of maple syrup, yeah. and then he drank the whole thing. Then they went to a pig farm, yeah. and uh, one of the, you know, uh, Bart or, or the Lisa the kids, yeah. uh, said, oh, you know, they're bacon and ham. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we get bacon and <laughs> ham and sausage all from the same marvelous creature. <laughs> the look on the pig's face was he was sneaking <laughs> off, you know. But it is quite remarkable. You yeah, know? where's Charlotte when you need her, you know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is some pig, so yeah. leave him alone. Yeah, poor pigs, they just give us so many things that people absolutely love that yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they're never safe, you know. It's like turkeys yeah. around Thanksgiving. Or whatever I well, see a wild turkey, you yeah. know, I say, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> run for your life. <laughs> well, as a, as, a, as a vegetarian for many, many years, I can tell you still the smell and the fragrance of bacon is that makes my mouth water. So, you know, there, there's nothing quite like that. I, I was a vegetarian for many years <laughs> yeah. until the kids came around and I just could not. You can't. I yeah. could not bear to see wasted food so whatever you know we cooked for them you know i would yeah. finish their plates you know yeah, yeah. oh well so <laughs> uh where were we <laughs> we were uh eating bacon and <laughs> liver wish out of the garden well one of, one of my notes for this show was uh the harvest you know um oh let's talk about that after our sponsors oh, okay and people your, your instructions are to uh, visit all of these sponsors okay and uh tell them that at uh, you're listening to in the garden with peter burke in spite of the fact that joel is also there okay you got that good here we go in decades past you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Bacon and lettuce, homegrown tomatoes, up in the morning and out in the garden. Get your ripe ones, don't get a hardened. Plant them in the spring, eat them in the summer, all winter with 
bummer. I forgot all about the sweating and the digging. Every time I go out and pick me a digging. Oh, I tell you, you know, nothing, nothing better at all. In fact, when I was driving to the other studio last night at about two in the morning, I noticed a little free sign, but I didn't see anything. And right on a on a on a, on a tray out in front, right there by the mailbox, was about fifty tomatoes. Oh. I took about three or oh. four of the big ones oh. for my sandwich today. Oh, all right. We've got Glenn. We've got a couple of people online, so okay. everybody be patient. But uh, first in line is Glenn in Brookfield. Hey, Glenn. Welcome. Hey, Peter. You guys are great. I just want to say I love the show. <laughs> great. Well, um, thank you. You guys have taught me a lot. I think my garden this year mm-hmm. is the best it's ever been. I mean, Super. everything. Oh, that's good I've news. I've watered. I probably watered more than I ever have, mm-hmm. but um, everything is just abundant, so it's yeah. great. Super, that's good news. Good news. What's your uh, What's I, your favorite thing? What or do you have a favorite? Boy, I like. I'm pretty fond of beets. Yeah, beet green. Oh, oh, there you go. So I plant extra beets so that we can have a lot of beet greens in the spring, and I, I really like those. Oh, that's great. Good, good. Everything's done real good. The hot peppers this year are hotter than I've ever seen. <laughs> so I don't know if it's the sun or what it is, but well, man, I that. think the, the definitely there's, there was a it was a hot season and peppers did well this year, no question about it. But watering is is a key, and I, I just, you know never can emphasize it enough. But yeah, that's great. Oh, you know, I've done it twice a day uh, um, all summer. Yeah, that's great. That's it. Ninety percent water every single vegetable in your garden. So Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is Joe, yeah. you're on a roll today. Man, you made me laugh more today. That's awesome. Well, it's I think it's the coffee. I got an extra high grade <laughs> coffee from uh, let's see, Vermont Coffee Company. Yeah. Their what was it? Uh their friend blend. A friend well, it, blend. Huh? It's a mix of uh of uh, of uh light Light roast and dark roast, no mm. medium roast in there. But mm. boy, it's uh, they loaded that with caffeine. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to drink that for every show. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank well, you Glenn, I, I'm enjoy glad. Enjoy your yeah. Enjoy your show and enjoy your Labor Day weekend. All right, thanks. You too. Okay, what do Bye-bye. we? Oh, what do we have right now? I do believe if I hit the right button, here and uh, here we go. <laughs> so it's like a dream come true She's sweet and unaffected Everything Nola seems to do Is really unexpected Yes, indeed, so here she you, is Do you turn red with embarrassment when he does that to you? Oh, do I turn red like a tomato And my purpose for calling Just as I was beginning to dial I thought, Joel, you should get Yes, yes. Music and the words to homegrown tomatoes so you two could practice it and <laughs> sing it for. It would be the music cows. to go to the dump by, uh, in its extended version. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That wouldn't be appropriate for the, yeah, the dump show. Yeah, me to it. So you win the game. Uh, just a couple odds and ends. You'd mentioned wasps, not mine, but mine are still here. Yeah. Uh, they're thriving. Mm-hmm. They haven't bitten anyone but me, so mm-hmm. that's good. And I I don't know. Everyone that I've spoken to has had nothing to say but pesticide. Yeah. 
So um, mm. I think we're going to just keep riding it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, how big is the tank that you're that they're uh, harbored in? There, that they nested in. I guess the tank, mm, the circumference must be at least a yard, if not more. Oh, oh okay. So it's a good size. Then you couldn't yeah. really put a get a plastic bag large enough to to put over the top of it. Yeah, but how would you walk over to put it on the top? Uh, you'd of that do it at night. You'd do it at the, ah. at the at you know on a cold night like we had the other day, a couple like, days. Yeah. And and just tie the bottom of the bag as tight as you could, and uh, you know that that certainly would uh, thin the herd. That's for sure, but it probably wouldn't get rid of them. So we're gonna be patient. Yeah, right. We'll yeah. be patient. We'll watch. We'll see. Yeah, just I'll be careful dress too. Well, because... when I walk past it. Yeah. Yeah, and and see where it goes from there. And you're also speaking about invasives and. Mm-hmm. Just after you folks talked about that, I took the compost out to the compost pile. You can tell in our forested yard where all of our old compost piles are mm-hmm. because they are now mountains mm-hmm. of jewelweed. Mm. Oh, and yeah. I was greeted yeah. at that mountain of jewelweed mm-hmm. by a hummingbird. Oh. Just in and out and in and out. Yeah. Um, and in our back garden, which literally half one side of it is forest on one side and field on the other. Mm-hmm milkweed mm-hmm. and we've been watching those monarch butterfly cattle pillars mm-hmm. turn into chrysalises mm-hmm. so the invasives some of them anyway mm-hmm. i think have a place in our lives yes yeah, sure I, yeah I do. did you hear me talking about the uh, butterfly uh, house at the uh, uh, fairbanks museum uh, we went there with our my grandkids and they have a uh, I'd say it's probably about 16 by 20 house that's all screened in. And it's sort of like a greenhouse, but it's well aerated. And they have uh, in pots all these plants that they know, that the their native plants that they know that the uh, butterflies like. And um, they, uh, we were lucky enough to see the uh, some of them coming out of the chrysalis. So. Isn't that... Isn't that just that's life? That's yeah. a miracle, right yeah. there in yeah, front yeah. of your eyes. For sure, so yeah. wonderful. There's one at the Champlain Valley Fair. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. Oh. The Channel Three oh. uh, or Channel Five. I watch both. Yeah. Uh, did, did a um, did a feature on it. I think oh. it was Channel Three. Did a feature on it, so that would be online. And uh, you know, so if you're going out, if you're going to the fair, don't miss that because it really looked good. And what they do is they let you in. Now they don't they don't let that many people in at one time to overwhelm the butterflies, but they're mm-hmm. flying everywhere. There's a center island that has all these plants on it. Mm-hmm. But then they also give you one of these tiny little felt uh, paintbrushes that you would use if you were you know painting yeah. or molding on, on, in your yeah. room, and they dip it into some kind of uh, you know nectar. Oh. And you just hold it out, and one will oh, al- almost you know, reliably land on it and stay with you for the no time that you're kidding. in there. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Well, I just put down for my notes for next year the butterfly garden. I just want to see, I just want to double check what, you know, local uh, uh, local plants that the butterflies like. But I'm going to put the, the brush down there right next to it because that seems like such a a nectar brush. 
Yep. Uh, they give you, it's, you know, those, you what can a get a big, you, you can get a big brush to paint your walls, but yeah, you know, yeah. the, not, not a paintbrush as such, but a foam brush. Oh, a foam brush. It's a foam brush, yeah. Oh. And then you could also buy the tiniest if you were just, you know, painting doll furniture yeah, or something. Yeah. And that's what they give you. They give you a free one when you go in there uh-huh. and uh, dip it into this nectar and, Everybody, every kid, every older person uh-huh. had one there. One guy rubbed a little of the nectar on his ear, and the, bird, oh. the thing was on his ear. <laughs> there are two chambers that you have to go through to get out yeah. that they check and make sure that nobody, no butterflies are sneaking out. They want to keep the ones they have in there. And uh, let me tell you, if, uh, if you're a smart butterfly, you'd stay in there because you have all your Yeah, needs why would you want to leave right. someplace like that? Yeah, <laughs> For sure. Well, I was going to... Get out of your way and just close by giving you the closing stanza, which I never gave you the whole poem mm-hmm. of Robert Frost's poem, Pot of the Milkweed. Okay. Can you handle it? Yeah, about yeah. 15 I lines can. long. And so he's been going on and on talking about the butterflies and the milkweed, mm-hmm. and this is how he closes his thoughts. Mm-hmm. But waste was of the essence of the scheme. And all the good, they're talking, he's talking about the butterflies right now. Mm-hmm. All the good they did for man or God, to all those flowers they so passionately trod, was leave as their posterity one pot with an inheritance of restless dream. Mm-hmm. He hangs on upside down with talon feet in an, in an, an inquisitive position, odd as any Guatemalan parakeet. Something eludes him. Is it food to eat? or some dim secret of the good of waste. He almost has it in his talon clutch. Where have all those flowers and butterflies gone that science may have staked the future on? He seems to say the reason why so much should come to nothing must be fairly faced. You can take that as you please. That's mm-hmm. great. It's That's good. great. Thanks so much, Molly. I appreciate well, it. Well, now, the show's not done yet, right? There's nope. still more weeks. Uh, yeah, still another week or two, and uh, and I haven't got word back from Lee yet. Uh, you don't have to tell us how to close the gardens. You have to get our heads. <laughs> it's hard to say goodbye, that's all. So, Joel, maybe this Saturday, the last Saturday show, you should feature all songs about saying goodbye <laughs> that afternoon, because it's really hard to say goodbye. I'd well, much rather pull weeds. <laughs> Well, speaking of saying goodbye, I was really uh, saddened to hear that Rick was, uh, St. Gary was moving on. Yeah. I have enjoyed it so, so thoroughly. It it was one thing that, you know, my own internal clock told me when it was nine o'clock and wherever I was, I made sure I sat down and listened. He was good. He has, uh, he certainly set the bar for. For covering uh, public events and uh, in-depth interviews and everything, yeah. Well, uh, you know, they someone called and said, you know, you're like uh, listening to the Vermont Life magazine. <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, that's really true. That's a compliment. Yeah, that's a All huge right. you compliment. You guys take care. Be well. Take okay. Well, yeah. Have a good holiday. Thank you. We, yep. we do Bye-bye. have another caller on the line. Thank you, Nola. Bye-bye. Okay, and uh, let's go and say uh, your first name uh, and town. Say uh, your first name uh, Um, and town. I think you're listening to the FM. Turn down the radio and join us. Thank you. Hey, it's Rick from Granville, Vermont. Hey, Rick. And, um, yes, I'm glad to get hold of you guys because we're at the Waitsville Farmer's Market and it just gets done and 
And I want to ask you your opinion about asparagus. Yeah. Now, le- last May, I decided I wanted an asparagus patch, and I don't have a lot of land, so I ended up digging a or unearthing about a three foot by eighteen foot swath that is uh, just fits in perfectly on my land. Sure. Then I covered that in black plastic, mm-hmm. and um, it has cooked mm-hmm. all summer. Mm-hmm. And so my, my offhand plan was that. You know, somewhere around October, mm-hmm. I would kind of turn that all over, get a bunch of um, compost in it, mm-hmm. and then let it sit till next spring when yep. maybe I would, you know, start the, pro- the three-year process. Yeah. What would you have any um, other ideas or advice on what how to prepare that for the next spring? Uh, um, yeah, sh- sure. Uh, uh, the compost is a great idea. Um, I would actually go ahead and add a, a general fertilizer because uh, chances are it's it's not well fertilized even with the you know the compost and stuff in terms of NPK. Um, the the compost that you put on there and anything else like that uh, helps with the uh, to make it you know hum- humus makes a good earth, you know, which is a good medium, but, you know, you probably don't have enough nitrogen, potassium, and um, potash. So, you know, just find a good general fertilizer and go ahead and put that on according to what they say for vegetables. And then uh, I would check it for lime because uh, the um, uh, that's important, particularly in Vermont where we have such acidic soil. Uh, and then... Uh, um, I think from there you're good. You know, you could, of course, you're going to leave that black mulch on or? Well, yeah, my idea was to leave it on for the yeah. winter, but I didn't Yeah, no, I that's, know a, if... that's a good plan. That's fine. I mean, you could take a straw and use that, but uh, with the, the black mulch, at least you're going to keep all the weeds down, and, and uh, that's right. a good thing. And then, uh, you know, they... Um, uh, how is the soil? Is it good and deep, or do you have a clay soil, or you know? Uh, it, I can shovel it easily. It's it's a little shaly, is what mm-hmm. my soil tends mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah. They like a deep soil. So right. when I first planted my asparagus, I planted it uh, on a on a terrace that we had made with a bulldozer up up the hill a little bit. And uh it turns out that I took all the good soil and put it down down the bank and uh and and what I was left with was basically a gray clay. So um uh that didn't work out well. They they wanted deeper. I would have had to do uh you know, a good two feet down and uh double dug those beds for it to really do well. So I've uh this year we're finally giving up on the asparagus and we're gonna uh, because when yeah. I replanted them uh, on the bank where I'd put all the topsoil, they did fantastic. So anyway, oh, um, so if you have a clay soil like that, then you want to make sure you go down and double dig those because yeah. they are they are very deep, um, very deep rooted, and you know they're big feeders. They're definitely really good feeders. So yeah, you'll love it. I, I've always loved our our. Um, uh, asparagus in the spring it's such a such a delight really uh, it's it's definitely my favorite vegetable product. is that right you know all these years <laughs> i've never gotten around to do it and then yeah. if nothing else it will be a legacy that i leave for this property but oh yeah yeah 
for sure. Yeah, well, be patient. You know, uh, the first year you'll probably just get some about the size of your little finger, but you know, given a couple of years, you'll get thumb size and larger, larger ones. You, they're, it's a very productive and a and well worth the effort for sure. All right. And, All right. Well, great. Thank you. Uh, I am. Um, like to hear I, about it. I think it I was next... on the right track. And, uh, oh, absolutely. You uh, absolutely. definitely gave me confidence that uh, <laughs> what we're doing is, is going yep, is, is, to work is great. Work. Yep, I look forward to it. And the asparagus is so easy to cook. I mean, you could just a little bit of oil and you just, you know, yep. uh, you know, and that's all it takes. You know? <laughs> well, as a child, as a, as a young kid, mm-hmm. my grandfather had a, one of these huge victory gardens, you know. Oh, yeah. And he had a ton of asparagus, but, you know, they were, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch, boil everything to death, and I hated it. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got older and learned cooking myself <laughs> that it's like, oh, man, this is a whole different thing. Right. It doesn't have to be much, you know. That reminds me of Calvin and Hobbes. If you've ever seen him, his nose, you know, turn up his nose on something that looks like, you know, a glob of goo, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd never know what the vegetables really like. Uh, that was that was the trend in uh, in my house too. Is you just you know you cook them till they're just my, my German grandmother and my German mother mm-hmm. would just boil vegetables. <laughs> you know, I mean even peas for about you know uh, forty minutes, <laughs> and it, it it literally it wasn't. It wasn't until I, you know, got to college, and you know, I have to say that the food in the cafeteria wasn't the greatest, but I could actually crunch on a vegetable. You know, I said, "This is undercooked, but it's good." <laughs> surprise, surprise! Yeah. Oh, that's what beans taste like. <laughs> I actually developed a taste for undercooked vegetables. When we did cook asparagus when our kids were little, they would cut the ends of them off, yeah, and I would gather them all up from their plate, and that's what I. <laughs> we, we, you know, they they the like way. the top half. Of oh, them, of you course, know? yeah. 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 <laughs> well, All right. Well, thanks again. Rick, uh, thanks for call. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to right, hear it. Care. I want to hear about those next year too. All right. Well, <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Thanks. Yep. Okay. I think we reached the. Uh, I think we oh reached that magic time. Yeah. I guess we have. So the class. fastest hour on radio. That's <laughs> it. Really, it always turns out so quick. I had so many other things. Well, anyway, next, next week. Next week. And we'll lobby for some extra programs. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on that this week to see. Uh, but we, we definitely will be here. We'll take it one step at a time. We definitely will be here next week. Next God week. Willing. That's yep. right. <laughs> Creek don't rise. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you in the garden and, uh, thanks for listening. Take care now. Inspired. Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke has been brought to you by fine sponsors, the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. What would Greensboro do without the Willie Store? 
Holly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. They'll do the project and do it right. Holly Construction, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. And Menard's family-owned True Value Store, where you'll find everything you need. Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com online. You'll find store locations, hours, and specials. P&R Lumber, what a wonderful family business. They're right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. P&R Lumber, featuring family milled lumber for all your projects. Check out P&R Lumber on Facebook by Guy's Farm and Yard. Four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, bringing you not only in the garden, but in the garden podcast. So you can listen anytime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 for In the Garden with Peter Burke.